Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Before we hop into today's episode, I had to just tack on a little extra goodness because I recorded this episode, I think back in January, and here we are now mid-May, end of May, really. And there is just so much more that Heather and I have done together since this recording. That first and foremost thing is that she actually grabbed our Get Your Podcast Launch Done guide. And together, we are launching her podcast. She already has her trailer episode out there. And in June, you will be able to listen to Heather even more. So make sure you click the link in the show notes so that you can check that out. Check out not only her podcast, but if you're interested in starting a podcast yourself, we've got you covered with the step-by-step tips to get it done, get season one up and running, and all you have to do is follow one simple action step per day to get an entire season done in less than two months. The other exciting news that I wanted to share about Heather is that she has actually since launched a whole community to help moms and mompreneurs redefine their self-care and put these habits and energizing activities into your life on your terms. And guess what? I'm actually a member of it. And so I just wanted to share that with you because it's so exciting. I am loving working with Heather. Heather and I have been having so much fun collaborating together on her podcast. And all of this goodness has come since we recorded this episode. And I would love for you to get in on this goodness too. So make sure to head to the show notes to not only see what Heather is up to, but also to check out our Get It Done Guide Shop so you can start becoming a recognized resource just like Heather on your terms. Now let's hop into today's episode so you can hear the rest of what Heather has to say. Hello, my beautiful mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today I have Heather Curran with us and she is a mom of two boys under three, a pilot wife and a board certified physician assistant. And she helps toddler moms build simple habits to energize their bodies and minds so they can chase their dreams and their children, which I love. After reaching burnout as an exhausted mom, Heather decided it was time to put her medical knowledge to use and build small habits as a way to revive her own health. In doing so, she learned how to manage stress, sleep better, move more, and nourish herself, all while being a mom and CEO. She wants toddler moms to feel full of energy to be the mom they want to be and grow the businesses they've been dreaming about, just like she has. And that's exactly what she's helping us with today. Sounds awesome, right? Heather, I am so grateful you could join us. So thank you for your time. Before we hop into all of this habit-forming goodness, can you start by sharing your journey into mompreneurship? Because we love hearing where you started and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Megan, thanks so much for having me. I am just thrilled to be on here. I love so much of what you are giving to other moms. And so I'm happy to be a part of it. And just every time I hear your voice, I don't know, I, think I tell you this every time I hear you, I just like want you to have audiobooks so that I could fall asleep <laughs> to you and listen to you. I don't know. I just love your voice. <laughs> I love it. You're so sweet. I'm glad that my voice is entertaining and not annoying to people. Really that would is. be a problem. But yeah, so I'm really excited to share a little bit about my journey to becoming a mompreneur. I would consider myself a bit of those type A high achieving people. I went to Stanford University and got my degree in human biology there. 
was a division one athlete, played field hockey and went on to graduate school at Duke University to get my degree as a physician assistant and then practiced emergency medicine in, you know, a very fast paced environment with lots of new challenges and new things happening. And then I became a mom to a lovely, incredible boy and still continued to practice emergency medicine because I think life with one child for me, I could still manage things a little bit. And then we had our second boy and I really realized, wow, I am becoming a bit of a different person here. I want to spend time with my family. I want to settle into things a little bit and really figure out what I want as a mom and wife and just my own person moving forward. And I realized that some of the kind of fast paced, high achieving was just a little different, that I changed my mentality, that I wanted to enjoy life and enjoy time and not just say what's next. It's certainly a new challenge <laughs> when you go from working full time and high achieving, doing all the things to staying at home. And so when I started staying at home, I realized this is hard. This is really hard. And I am struggling on a lot of different fronts. I felt like I was putting my children first and foremost above everything else. And then, of course, trying to also keep our household running and having really high expectations that I should be able to do everything all the time. And my own health, both physically and mentally, totally suffered. I realized that actually I need some balance here. I need something that's for me. I need to do something that is good for my well-being. And that way I can be a better mom and serve my children in the way that they deserve and not just snipping at them and feeling impatient because I'm not doing something for myself. So I started out with Habit Maker Mama as not a business venture. It was first just an Instagram to help me develop some daily habits that would get me better into my own health and my own mental well-being. So Drinking water was the very first habit that we started with. And each week I developed a new habit that we would work on. And as I started to go along with this, I researched a lot more about habit formation and became totally fascinated by the way that habits work. It both combines this kind of mental medical field and also oh, just the way it has impacts on every single aspect was so fascinating to me. So I took that knowledge and then realized I am a physician assistant and I could also take some of this and help apply this to people. So I started to coach a few people on the side and started to see, man, how could I make this into something that would really help people on truly individual basis? Because I am passionate about really helping and particularly moms to feel better about their health and well-being, both physically and mentally because you deserve to feel better. And really some of these small habits can make a huge difference in your day if you stack and build on them. And so then it became a business and I decided that I wanted to really try to do this as a full-time full -time way to help moms with their health and well-being and energy levels. So here we are, that's a little bit about the journey. <laughs> oh my gosh, there is so much. I've already filled up a page as I like, <laughs> am just consuming everything. I love how you start off saying that you are a overachiever, high achiever, because I feel like we can all relate to that. I think most mompreneurs probably are, but I know my subset of listeners certainly is. And yeah. you just, the 
the proof is in the pudding there. And you went to Stanford, Duke, you were a division one athlete on top of all of that. You were in emergency medicine. I mean, those are all very tough environments and you were doing it even while you still had your first boy. And then adding in your second, it's different. It's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? Yes. And I love that it also was a different ballgame for you. Like you wanted to spend more time being present. And what I loved about what you asked yourself was it was the question of what do I want? Mm -hmm. You really looked inward. And at first, achieving can look different in so many ways. At first, it was achieving in your career. And then it was trying to, to just achieve with your kids. And then I love how you said that being home is hard because it yes. is. Yes. Being home and just serving other people that aren't yourself 24-7, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And when you said that it was taking a toll on your physical and mental health and that you finally did something to better serve them by better serving you, I think mm-hmm. that is the real gold of everything that you're saying here is you found an outlet in mompreneurship that allowed you to be better for yourself and to give space between your kids and yourself. And not a ton. You're still there for all the moments. But I'm sure you can attest to it. I know I can, that my kids are doing a little bit better. It's 15 hours a week that they're with somebody else, but they get different perspectives. They get somebody else besides me. I can only play the same games so many times. I just am not that creative. Do it differently. (laughs) And so everybody gets to thrive in that situation. And so I love that you are showing that to everybody, but then you're helping them and walking women through this and coaching them through these additional habits and these additional changes that we can make in our lives so that we are more fueled. And it's also us as an individual, not just us as a mom or not just us as an entrepreneur. I think it's absolutely gold what you're doing there. Thank you. And and I absolutely think that so many moms and moms that I work with really struggle with mom guilt. I think it's so easy to feel like this is what I've chosen. I've chosen to be a mom and this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm supposed to be giving 100% to my little humans. And of course, you want to be the best mom that you can, but that means giving back to yourself in some way. And this has taken me a really long time to learn and to really feel okay with. And I still have my moments. I think all of us probably do. I see so much the value of stepping away and doing something for myself and then coming back totally rejuvenated and feeling happy to sit down on the floor and play trains for hours where if I hadn't taken that time, I probably wouldn't be feeling that way. And I would be feeling resentful and just other ucky, yicky feelings. Yes, helping moms with that is a huge thing. Entrepreneurship can bring and just whatever something that brings you joy is what you have to really dig into. Yeah, I love that. And I can attest to that so much. We we had a nanny, as I think a lot of us have heard in, here on the podcast. I've mentioned it multiple times. We had a nanny from like February of 21 till about July, August of 21. And then from, let's call it August until December, it was me working in the off hours after I had gotten a taste of part-time schedule working in the off hours, five to seven, working in the evenings, being them with them and present all day, every day. And then obviously the pandemic layer on top of that where you're stuck at yes. home. And it's hard. I, I was not as good of a mom as I was when I had that time to break away. I was yes. more frustrated. Like you said, I was more exhausted and I just wasn't being lit up. I still had my time in my office, but it just wasn't the same when it was like rushed a bit. 
And yeah. even that, my husband and I have added in me time evenings and we have lazy mornings too. And so that Amazing. has been so helpful. Again, just for a container where we can say we each need this and we're craving more and more now. I know our kids are the same age. And so as they're getting older, we're just craving more. Like I'm ready to go away for a weekend. I'm ready to go on a retreat for my business. And sometimes when you first start with the younger kids, you're just not ready to let go. That's how I was. And now I'm there. And so yes. I love that you can provide this support for us in moving forward. Okay, we're in the place where we know we want better habits. We want more energy. We want to view ourselves as an individual. And so I'd love for us to get started on some of these simple habits that can give us more energy and support us as a mom and an entrepreneur. Can you walk us through, like, how do we even pick energizing habits that are right for us? Because I think we both believe that it's a key to getting it right for us and not just like a blanket, try this. Yes, absolutely. This really comes down to asking yourself, what matters to me? What do I care about on a daily basis as something that I want to incorporate in my day? And that really starts by looking at kind of an overall picture. Is it that I want to do something that is more for my physical health? Is it that I want to do something that is more for my mental health? Is that I want to do something more productive for myself? And you know, there's so much advice on social media about, oh, add this habit in your day, add this habit in your day. And there's just a lot. And so you really have to say, what do I care about trying to fix? Because if you really don't care about the kind of end goal and you're just trying to take advice, it's going to be really hard for you to change a habit because that initial motivation just isn't really going to be there. For example, I struggle with organization and keeping my house perfectly tidy. And I see lots of amazing Instagrams about keeping your house this and that and doing this and that. And I'm not going to lie, I would like to get there. But for me right now, it is not the most important and essential thing. For me, things that make me feel good are getting out and exercising, moving my body. But that's for me. That's what I have found by trying a lot of different new habits is that I just love to do that. But there are also people who love to organize and declutter and that brings them energy. So if you're not quite sure what matters to you, you can also just start by trying a few different new habits in a really small dose and seeing if it makes you feel good after you do it. So let's say you, you want to see if organizing makes you feel good. Maybe just pick a really small area like your desk or like a purse something that's not too overwhelming. See how it makes you feel when you clean that up. If you feel amazing afterwards and it's giving you energy, then maybe this is something worth trying to incorporate as a habit. If it's, I don't know, it felt like more of a task that someone told me I should be doing, well, maybe this is not the one for you to prioritize right now. So I think giving things a new try will help you to see what matters to you. I love what you're saying there. And I think it's really interesting because it is this conversation of like, what do you want? But then pairing that with, okay, it's great if that's something that you want, but if it doesn't give you energy, is it a priority right now? My word for the year that I've been talking about specifically in this season of the podcast is surrender. And it oh, reminds me a lot of that too, is like, where can we just let go and let be? <laughs> Whether that's in something that we actually enjoy doing or just in something that we don't enjoy doing. And it's just not a priority right now. So Heather, I think that is such a great starting point of 
figuring out where we want to start physical health, mental health, how we could be more productive, what gives us energy. So once we do that, then how do we incorporate that into daily routines? Like how do we actually start reaching those goals? Absolutely. When people are trying to goal set, a lot of times what I see is that it's easy to get really broad, but forget to reel that in into smaller actionable steps. Say, for example, your goal is that in 2022, you would like to be a healthier mom. So great. Okay. We have an overarching goal here, but what does that mean to you? Health can be a variety of different areas. So you might break that down into, okay, is this going to be a physical or mental health? So let's say then physical health is what's important to you. So then great, let's break this down. Are you feeling exhausted because you aren't sleeping well, because you're stressed out about something, because you don't um, maybe move your body enough, because you're not eating great? So then you have four different categories that you can look at within physical sort of health arena. And then let's say that for you, it comes down to that, oh, I don't really move. I'm sedentary quite a bit. So, okay, then I'm going to move my body for five minutes a day to start. So we're going to start really small so that it does not feel overwhelming. And we're going to pick a cue or something that our mind is going to help trigger our habit to get started. Really common for a lot of busy moms is rest times or nap times in their day are kind of areas that they could take advantage of. So as soon as I lay my toddler down for his nap, I will put on a five-minute stretching video, or I will do five minutes of weightlifting. And this part is particularly unique to each person. As you go along and try on new habits, there are going to be some things that you love to do and some that you don't. And so deciphering what you enjoy, if it's movement, for example, I love walking, which is funny because I never thought I would love walking. I ran Boston Marathon and as a big time runner and always felt like my exercise needed to have a sense of productivity and a big goal for it. And then one day I was like, look, I can walk with my kids. We can go out and do this. And I can also exercise while we're out enjoying nature. So I started doing it and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And it became so lovely and nice that it became a habit because it was easy and accessible and I could do it with my children. There were just a lot of little parts to it. Find something or think of something that might be easy for you to do to start with and then see if it's also enjoyable for you to do. So I know. Some people have Pelotons, some people have treadmills, some people have different home workout programs. So try to start with just a five minute routine of whatever that accessible plan that you have is. This is for movement, for example. And then say, as soon as my child goes down for the nap, I will do my five minute workout and then I will celebrate myself for doing the five minutes. So it's about really breaking it down into a really small step so that you can overcome that initial motivation problem. If you are maybe feeling less inclined to do something, then your motivation is going to be really low. So we have to overcome that by doing it in a very small piece so that we can say, okay, five minutes, I can get started with five minutes. Oftentimes people do five minutes and they're like, all right, I'm going to keep going because I'm already here. So I might as well just go for it. I love what you said of breaking it down and taking small steps to start. Because I agree, I think that is, that's key in terms of goal setting. Like how can we focus on one thing at a time and putting one foot in front of the other? Because again, as overachiever, high achievers, we all have these huge, big goals that we want to reach and these big dreams that we want to get to. And there's a quote, and, and this reminds me of it, that has helped me to try to slow down as this overachiever, which is where are you in your biography, not your geography? 
And so thinking about like in the season of your life and things like that, do we need to be running and doing a million things at once? Or can we just work on, I want to be healthy this year. This year doesn't happen like that. Rome wasn't built in a day. So how can we do these small steps that build upon each other and reach eventually to our end goal? And so I absolutely love what you're saying there. And the two key things for me that I think are so different than I've ever heard before, and you did mention these on the live, that I'm glad we're talking about again, are the cue and the celebration. Yes. That cue of, and I know we talked about eventually after you start doing this again and again, and maybe it's after you put your child down for their nap, that it's, oh, I'm excited. Now I get to do this thing for me. And so not only does it become an excitement for the activity, which I'm sure you can attest to gives you the more motivation to keep doing it, Yes. But then also the fact that you said at the end, it's not, okay, you did it. Let's move on to the next thing, which as overachievers can do. It's the yeah. make sure we celebrate and pat ourselves on the back. I absolutely love that and keeping it easy, simple, and enjoyable. Obviously, I'm all about simplifying things and it's crucial as mompreneurs with young kids. And so I am just so grateful that you hit all of those points. Talk to us a little bit about celebrations because I think mm-hmm. that's something that we struggle with. I know I do at least of, well, I don't even know what to do to celebrate. So when you're helping clients, talk to us about some ideas or ways that you've helped them to celebrate. Yes. So essentially the science behind the celebration is that in our brain, when we do something that we enjoy, we have a neurotransmitter that comes out. It'll either be dopamine or serotonin, oxytocin, any of those kind of feel good chemicals that make your body say, this felt really good and I liked this, so I want to keep doing it. This is why we like social media. There's something new and different and our eyes get excited and our brains get excited and dopamine floods it. And so we tend to come back to it. Same thing for foods often. We like a a good piece of cheesecake because it tastes good and we get dopamine in our brain. And so we continue to come back for it. Same thing goes with a habit. If you are able to really root your brain in celebrating what you're doing, it will flood your brain with dopamine and you will say, wow, that really felt good. I want to come back and keep doing this. There are certain habits that kind of do this a little bit more naturally. For example, with like movement, you are getting natural endorphins that kind of help this to happen anyway. But there are some things that maybe don't release that naturally that you can help work towards a little bit better. This can be a variety of different ways. You can start by an internal just celebration in your brain. So let's say that you are trying to, let's see, do you have any habits that you're working on right now, Megan, that we can work through? Yes, I am working. Oh, there's multiple I'm working on, but (laughs) one specifically is we're working on eating more clean, like farm to fork and choosing healthier foods. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And are you incorporating that into one meal to start or how are you working through that? I tend to be like a whole shibuzi kind of a thing. (laughs) So we just worked on making sure the groceries in our house, I guess I should say that the groceries in our house are all clean. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Your kind of overarching goal is that you're trying to eat more clean because you like to be a little bit healthier, have a little bit more energy that way. So you are choosing to watch what goes into your body and go that route, which is awesome and amazing. Let's take, for example, that at mealtime. So your kind of trigger is, you know, when I'm cooking a meal, I will use clean ingredients. And after I eat that meal, I will celebrate that I've had good, clean food. So you'd like to really emphasize to yourself when you finish this meal, 
wow, I feel so great. My body feels really clean and healthy. And I feel like I have a little bit more energy. I can think a little bit more clearly. You just want to talk up all of these really good things to yourself and take a moment to pause. If it's really a goal that you're working towards, this is how you'll get it to keep going. So you can also do something more physical, like you can do fist pumps to tell yourself that you're doing awesome. You can do a little dance, anything that really this idea of I feel good about doing it then it will help it keep going. This takes actually quite a bit of time and work and a little bit of mental reminder to do. I find that most people tend to do best with kind of the mental, hey, I feel so great about doing this. Good job. I'm going to keep doing it because they feel a little less self-conscious than when they're doing like fist bumps and dancing and things Mm -hmm. like that. But everybody is different. And so it takes a little bit of experimentation to finding what makes you feel your best. I love that. It reminds me of like how we work with our kids after they do something, after they share. And we've been working on sharing. Like that's, that's where we're at in our stage with our kids right now. And it's after they do it. Oh my gosh, Jack, great job. You did such a great job. You must feel so proud of yourself. I'm so proud of you. And it sounds like I just need to flip that internally and just use that same concept in my head. Is that correct? Well, Megan, you hit the nail on the head by talking about how, you know, we talk to our children about it because I think that is such a good example and so true, especially that moms can really understand because all day long we're telling our kids, you know, great job. You did this. You did that. I watched you take a step. You shared your toys. You ate your food. You know, we're constantly cheering for our kids, but we really struggle to do that for ourselves. And it's really remarkable when that analogy is kind of used because I think there's such a light bulb of, you're so right. I'm constantly telling my kids what amazing job they're doing. I need to tell myself that I'm doing an amazing job. And this really kind of hits to, I think women, especially we're hard on ourselves and especially our high achieving entrepreneurial types. It can be so easy to overlook all of our accomplishments and just keep saying, what's next, what's next, what's next, without really looking and saying, wow, I'm doing amazing. You know, today I sent an email and I'm super proud of myself for getting that email done and I'm going to keep working on it. You know, just these little things about how we speak to ourselves is so huge in whether we are coming from a place of self-compassion versus self-guilt. Yeah. I love what you're saying there. And I love using stuff like that too, of flipping the script. I think, yes, we are here to guide our children and and support them in being the people that they are. But then I think they're also here to help us remember these lessons. Like I, I know I talked about this on the podcast when my daughter was learning how to walk. It's just such a good reminder of she just gets back up every time. Like I need that reminder when something happens is just boop, pop right back up. And so I love when I yes. pull those analogies because just it's our current present, all that we see all the time. So I'm glad about that. The other question I had for you along these lines is I feel like the concept of gamification has been coming up a lot. I don't have a Peloton, but I know that's a big part of Peloton is to yeah. going and riding and all of that is that you get the badges or I don't really know what happens, but it's that right. conversation. <laughs> I feel like when this conversation comes up, Peloton comes up. So is that kind of that all within this same scientific conversation of celebrating? That's why gamification is so helpful or having I have a Fitbit tracker. And so it telling me how many steps I've done is just another internal reminder to celebrate. Is, is that where that's coming from? Exactly. And there's a sense of fun in gamification. So you get those 
kind of feel good celebration because you feel like you're enjoying it and having fun reaching these new milestones. And it gives you that kind of push that you might need to keep going for something because you are seeing these kind of fun progress trackers. So it's actually interesting. When I very first started Habit Maker Mama, it was a subscription box mm-hmm. of a gamified habit. So each month was a habit of the month with fun sort of associated materials that was meant to be kind of a gamification and a fun way to kind of help people continue through. The box division isn't really going anymore, but it totally draws on what you were talking about, where the more fun we have with something, the more likely we're going to keep doing it. If we're drudging through doing things that we absolutely hate, we're not going to keep doing them because they're not enjoyable. And I get that not every single thing in your life is going to be enjoyable, but you can find ways to make it enjoyable. So if you really dislike cleaning the dishes, well, can you turn on a podcast that you've been dying to listen to? Can you set a timer and make it a game for how fast you can finish? Just whatever might be fun for you and enjoyable ways to kind of accomplish these little tasks is a much better way for you to kind of get something to become a habit versus trying to force yourself into something. Yeah, I love this conversation of figuring out what gives us energy. Okay, we've locked and loaded on that. Now we're going to break it down into small steps and then asking ourselves that question of how can we gamify this? How can we make it something we're excited to do again and again? It's my time to listen to a podcast. It's my time to watch a show maybe while you're doing something else. It's just a time for me to get to do a little dance or put on my favorite song. I I think that's such an interesting and unique take on the conversation. And I did want to ask how long, I think we hear about this all the time of how long it takes to form a habit. And is it really about the timing or what is the actual marker that okay, I've reached this habit, I've made that happen, and now I can move on to build in a new habit. So there is no set time frame for a habit. So sadly, or I guess maybe more excitingly, I'm debunking the myth that it's a 21-day marker or a 66-day marker. There really is no true time frame. Now, there is some evidence to show that on average, it takes about two to three months to truly form something into a habit. It's going to depend on what type of thing you're making into a habit, maybe your barriers to entry are for that habit. So there's different factors, but generally about two to three months if you were trying to look for a time frame. But I would be careful about putting any time to it. Because when we time things out and make it all about an end point, we set our sights on, okay, when I get to three months, I'm going to have this completed. And if we aren't at that point, it can be easy to feel frustrated to not want to continue what we're doing and to say, oh, that didn't work. Where it might not be that it's not working. It just might need a little bit more time to solidify in because it might be a harder habit to, to keep and to make consistent. So I like to put a timeline for my clients because I like them to just continue to see the amazing progress that they're making on a daily, weekly basis and for them to not feel discouraged if they are at month two or three and they're not quite where they want to be yet. It's just because we need to keep working at it and keep trying. I love that. So then how do we know that it's solidified? What are other markers besides time that allow us to know we've we've finally done it? When you no longer are thinking about doing it or you no longer have to be conscious about it is if we really know that it's a habit. So for example, if you walk into a room and it's dark, you turn the light on habitually. You're not sitting there thinking, 
how do I do this? Mm -hmm. Same with putting your seatbelt on and in a car, you just automatically get in and you put a seatbelt on because it's habit to do that. You're not having to think, how does this buckle happen again? And what's the point of doing this? It just happens. So that would really and truly be a habit. Now, obviously the word habit is used pretty broadly these days. Just kind of anything we could throw around and say, oh, I'm going to make it a habit to go for a hour long run or things like that. And Yes, you could use that term there, but truly habits are unconscious and we do them without thinking about them. So there is a little bit of trickiness into how we use the word habit. Mm -hmm. But if you're not really having to think about it anymore, it just feels natural to you. That's how you would know that it's becoming a habit. I love that. So I would love for us to do an example, if we can, before we move into the rest of this and the rapid fire questions. I was just thinking about it as we were talking. Could we use a simple example of I want to drink more water? And could you walk us through what that process would look like from start, let's say, to finish of how we would start to take this process and form it into an energizing habit? Absolutely. Okay. So The very first thing that I like to start with is thinking about a couple of things in your day that you do without fail that would be easy to access water. So do you go into the kitchen in your day? Yes. Okay. And are you a coffee drinker? Sometimes. I'm a slow coffee drinker. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So then you're not like daily turning on a coffee machine. Mm -mm. Okay. Perfect. So that's not a good trigger for us to use. What is something that you do in your kitchen daily? Anything that you can think of? Yep. Making the kids food. So that's the first thing I do when I come downstairs is, okay, what am I going to get the kids for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Okay, perfect. So a nice trigger for you might be as soon as I finish plating the kids meals, I will pour myself a cup of water and drink that cup of water. So you're setting a really solid trigger of basically I'm putting the plates down in front of them and now I'm going to fill up my water cup and sit there and drink my water. Then what you want to do is continue to just test this and see how it goes. So it might be that maybe this trigger is tricky because you're too busy and preoccupied with what's happening in the moment. So maybe you need to find something different like as soon as I walk into the kitchen, I'll fill my water cup. Or as soon as we are finishing our meals and I'm washing the dishes or whatever it might be. So you might have to experiment a little bit with that. And then incorporating just a simple, I'll take a sip of water because sometimes it can be a little tricky to sit there and just glug down a ton of water. But if you're taking a sip, you're probably going to take another sip and then another. And then what will happen is you will start to be reminded about this every time you're walking into the kitchen, because every time you're walking into the kitchen, you're starting to associate drinking water with being in the kitchen. And naturally, you will say, oh, I am somebody who drinks water. I'm somebody who prioritizes drinking water because it makes me feel good. And so after you finish drinking, you'll want to make sure you remind yourself, go me. I took a sip of water. Oh, yeah. And seeing how it makes you feel after you've done that for a little bit. So that's a good one. I've also used for some clients, this is for their kids are a little bit older, but every time the car door opens to do a school pickup or to some sort of a kid event, 
And so one of my clients is constantly sipping water because she's just always on the go with her kids to different activities and things like that. So there's lots of different triggers depending on you and what's happening in your day. I love that. And I love how you said the sip. I think step by step or even breaking things down into little things can be hard sometimes. So I would have assumed that you were going to say, I'll sit down and I'll have a glass. But I love that you said sip. And so it could go from I'll have a sip of water to half a glass of water to a glass of water to then my full big bottle that I have here that's however many ounces, 64 ounces, <laughs> whatever yes. it is. So I love that example of how to break it down. I think that's really helpful for all of us to see. Heather, I'm sure everybody is listening to this and thinking like, I need to figure out what my next energy habit is and how can they take the next step? What is the next place they can go with your support to really start to put this into play? Absolutely. So of course I have a little freebie. If sleep is feeling like it's something that's tough for Mm -hmm. you, I have a little guide, a few ways to help you get a little bit more sleep with easy and simple habits. So you can get that on habitmakermama.com. You can find me on Instagram and always send me a message because I love getting to know you individually and find out, is there something that you're struggling with? And can I offer even just a simple tip and see if that's helpful for you? And ultimately comes down to if you feel like this is something you're really having a hard time with, that accountability can be a big factor in this. And seeing blind spots. You know, I think it's kind of easy as we go on, we build lots of habits and we forget what things might not actually be serving us well. And somebody who's a third party like myself can come in and say, hey, it looks like you're struggling with this area and tweak a few things here and there. You can see some great results. So that's where I offer um, one-on-one individualized coaching. So lots of different options to get started. I love that. And all of that will be linked in the show notes for everybody listening. So you can go get that freebie. I know we all need more sleep and better sleep. So that is a great place to start. And like I said, Heather and I met on Instagram, so I can attest to how personable she is. And yeah, you got to go start a conversation with her. Heather, if you are ready, we can move into the rapid fire questions. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So, so far in my mompreneurship journey, I have found that strategy, support, and self-care are like these three pillars that create a bridge that we're standing on. And when one gets lowered down, we haven't had that cup filled all the way up, let's say, that's where we can look because we're typically off balance or feeling a little overwhelmed. And that's the first place we can go to. So my first question for you is, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides the habit-forming strategies she's shared with us today? So I I saw this question and I didn't want to think too much about it, but I really feel like asking for help. And I know that maybe this is a strategy, maybe this isn't a strategy, but truly when I'm able to do the things that I want as both a mom, as a mompreneur, as a wife, as a household runner, it is because I've been able to ask for help, whether that's asking my husband, whether that's asking a helper, I have my parents live nearby. Just being willing to say, I am waving the white flag because I can't do it all. For me, there was a long time where I thought I had to do everything all of the time. And it was so overwhelming and I was so frustrated. I couldn't be present with my kids because I was trying to respond to clients in front of my kids and getting frustrated when they're saying, mommy, I need you for this. And I wasn't productive because then I'm also not really responding fully to clients. So when I finally said, all right, If I just chunk out some time here, ask for some help, have a helper come for a couple of hours while I am doing something, then I can be both 
present when I'm with them and productive when I'm not with them. So for me, I would say asking for help has been the biggest strategy and accepting that help. <laughs> I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think, again, as overachiever, high achievers, we think, well, we can do it all or we got to do it all. And when we can let go, surrender, as we talked about, and just yes. receive some extra support, it it lends itself to being able to breathe, which flows perfectly into my next question, which is what is the number one essential support that you have that you can't live without? My husband, he is so stellar about helping in so many different ways. It's actually interesting. So you will be one of the first to know, but we are expecting our third. So that's very exciting. Congratulations. I know. Thank you. Oh my goodness. It's a totally crazy story. I'll be super brief, but I have PCOS. And so for both of our um, sons, we had to have reproductive assistance and it was a whole big thing. Yeah. And this little one is a total surprise. Oh, and goodness. so we're so excited, but this kind of takes me to, I feel like my motivation levels have been, of course, at like ground zero. And so I've been telling myself just to focus on the complete basics and don't try to worry about exerting myself and to surrender, like you say, exactly. And to lean on my husband and to ask him because he wants to help and he wants to be there. And we're such a team. You know, there are times where I'm kind of crushing it and doing a bunch of things. And there are times when he is doing all of those things. And I've just learned that you have to be a team, or at least for us, that we have to be a team in order to really function properly. And I'm so grateful that he's willing to help with different areas. So yes, he's for uh, sure my number one. <laughs> I love that. We have so many amazing women who have responded with husband or supporter or spouse or things like that. And it is great. It's I love that the conversation now, which wasn't the case for previous generations, that yeah. the conversation now is being a team and having that support. And it's a partnership. You know, it's not a... Yeah a silo of this is what we do and this is what you do. So I, I love to hear that. And congratulations again. I'm so Thank excited. You. For you. Thank oh, you. Well, <laughs> you need it now more than ever. So tell us what is your go-to <laughs> self-care activity that you are doing when you have a second for me time or because I'm sure you're exhausted right now <laughs> and need it in your life. So actually for me, movement is my ultimate self-care activity. I always find if I'm able to get up and do something movement-oriented, I just feel so much more energized and happy. And for me, that means often just getting outside for a little walk. I'm totally grateful we live in Southern California. So that means walking outside is almost accessible 365 days a year. And so just getting the kids in the stroller and pushing in some days, especially right now, I'll even just say, look, if you only get outside for five minutes, call it a big win and pat yourself on the back and be really happy about it. But most days I get going and five minutes turns into 10, turns into 20. And by the time I'm done, who knows, it's 30 to 45 minutes. And so it's really getting over that kind of initial difficulty of getting started. Once you get started, it's so easy to get momentum. So I've just been really falling back on that basic movement habit for now. I love that. I love it. Well, Heather, last but not least, I would love to hear your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Like think kids running through a Zoom call with underwear in their heads. What is something <laughs> funny that only us mompreneurs will even understand, relate to, and probably crack up over? So I actually think this one is a little bit more of a sweet moment. So I, like I mentioned, I did have kind of a box a, a component initially, but now I use these boxes as a hello and thank you to clients. So they're personalized boxes for shipping. They're lavender color and they have the logo on top. And they really meant a lot to me because they were the very first thing that I had done after building a business was getting these boxes made. 
And my son, my older son, who is three and a half right now, he found all these boxes and he was so excited about these lavender and mint boxes, which is funny because he's like a Spider-Man Marvel character, like lavender and mint just aren't really his colors at this point in time. Yeah. And so he saw this, he's like, mom, I want a habit maker mama box. I was like, okay, we can get you a box. So, you know, put one together and he's like, I would like this in my room so that I can sleep with it and put my Legos in it and have all my things and I have a microphone box. So he puts this box on his dresser and it is like the pinnacle of his dresser and it doesn't leave there. And if it does, he's like, where's my heaven making mama box? And it's so sweet to me because it just is cute to see that he obviously has really no idea what I'm doing and what it means to start a business, but it feels in this kind of funny way, like I'm being supported and like he really cares about it. So that's one of my favorite things. Oh my gosh, I love that. First and foremost, he needs to be in all of your marketing. Like, I, I feel like that's a reel of him just like running around saying, I've got the box. Yeah, I love that. Growing up raised by a mompreneur, I can attest being on the other side saying, I know what a difference it made, even though it might not feel like it at the time to be involved in the business. And the opportunities it afforded me once I got older are out of this world. And so I love hearing those stories because I was your son years oh, ago and, so and it's quite the opportunity. So Heather, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to share all of your habit forming, energy giving activities with us. We so appreciate it. Everybody who's listening, make sure to head to the show notes to follow Heather, chat with her on Instagram and check out her freebies and programs so you can get these habits in your life too. Thank you, Megan. This is such a treat. This time flew by for me. Honestly, I'm like, what? I think that was 10 minutes that here we are. <laughs> so I just loved every minute of talking with you. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Loved it? I'd so appreciate your review. Ready to become an authority in your space? To build a community around your brand on your terms? This is your sign to get it done. Head to themompreneurguide.com authority and we'll take care of you with our new free audio training. See you next time.